He's Willy Wonka. I'm Charlie. She's Veruca. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Augustus Gloop. I'm a Oompa Loompa. <laughs> She's Violet. No, that ain't it either. Look, we ain't handing out candy almost close to Halloween. But this is Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. <laughs> what is this, Wonka? Some kind of fun house? Why, having fun? Oh, doing fantastic, Ted. Welcome, everybody, to episode, what are we on, Ted? 75, dude. Yeah, and we're 4-1. Fields underneath. He finds the former Viking Amir Smith-Marset. And it's stripped away by Dantzler. He takes it down into Bears territory. A huge turnover with a minute to go. Four and one. Welcome everybody to our show. Please like and subscribe real quick before we get started. We got a big show. I wanted to say thanks to everybody for bearing with me and all the good thoughts, and I appreciate it. So shines a good deed in a weary world. True. My boy. It's good to see you, Ted Glover. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking about a team that's four and one. How and about that? Place in the NFC North. Free and clear? How about that? Can you believe that? No, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it, but I'll take it. There's no earthly way of knowing (laughs) which direction we are going. I will, too. If you just got to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and you don't want to go to social media, you don't want to deal with the the trolling on Twitter, go to purplepainforums.com. Yeah. Purplepainforums.com. Great community of Vikings fans and website. We're their official podcast. They are our official message board. They have a lot of uh, great topics, not only Vikings related, but college football, a bunch of off-topic stuff. They've got a couple of great games going on. Their their pick six and their prediction game. Accountability, Purple Pain Accountability, and the pick six game. If you win the pick six game this year, you, you get a ticket to next year's game and you get to appear on this show. So Don't care how I want it now. I want it now. She was a bad egg. Go to purplepainforms.com. I'm hanging out there more and more and commenting and making a couple threads. So it's a good place to go. Who doesn't want to come on Vikings Report with Ted and Drew and Tootses? I mean, come on. I would argue any sane person would want nothing to do with this. <laughs> One commission, my very latest and greatest invention. It's television. Uh, it's one commission. Now, I suppose you all know how ordinary television works. You photograph. Yeah, I do. You photograph something, then the photographs are split up into millions of tiny you should open your mouth a little wider when you speak <laughs> that's just me oh my goodness we got the golden ticket yeah. speaking of the gold ticket we have prizes and we're going to talk about we got a whole bunch of stuff we got going on we got our nobody cares about your fantasy football segment coming up we got our super toe challenge Yes. Um, and, and to enter those, you can you can either enter them in the comments below, and we'll talk about that more later, or you can go to our website, vikingsreport.com. Ruby's done a great job of getting that website set up. You can put your contest entries there. You can go check out our merchandise from Zazzle. You can check out the Vikings Report prize vault. Uh, so Purple Plane Forms, vikingsreport.com, great way to start your Minnesota Vikings day, Drew Bunting. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And 
Nick Howard won that Carl Eller bobblehead on our live show yesterday. That's a sweet bobblehead. That's, that's kind of cool. We got good prices in that price vault, Jed. We don't go yeah. fly by night. We're not a Bears. We don't go, you know, Bears and Packers. You know, it's not a McDonald's Happy Meal ploy. You get legitimate <laughs> stuff from us. Remember those things? Oh, who, who doesn't? That was who, doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't remember them? They got adult Happy Meals now. Have you seen that? No. What's in an adult Happy Meal? Like, one of my coworkers got no an way. adult Happy Meal. And it was like, yeah, it was like a big plastic doll, whatever it was. These are the geese that lay the golden eggs. As you can see, they're larger than ordinary geese. As a matter of fact, they're quadruple-sized geese, which produce octuple-sized eggs. <laughs> that's, that's the thing now. Adult Happy Meals. Take you back to childhood. I want one. Oh, what a great movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You know why we picked Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory tonight? Why did you do that, Ted? Because all the bratty kids in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory remind me of the Viking fan base, that small vocal minority that can't stand anything good happening. You lose. Good day, sir. Every time, <laughs> dude. Oh, they're, ridiculous. They're complaining, complaining, complaining. I, I, you know what I heard yesterday? What's that? Kirk Cousins on his 17 consecutive passes, because, you know, he started the game 17 for 17. Set a record. Set a Vikings record. Yes. And somebody said on his 17 consecutive passes, every single receiver was wide open. So he didn't have to throw into any tight windows. So let's not make a big deal out of it. I'm telling you, Ted, that's what I, I read that. And you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy. I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses, hearing and hearing contained, etc., etc. Fax mentis incendium gloria culpum, etc., etc. It's ESAT nation, man. Everything sucks. All I gotta find something bad with everything. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm past it, dude. I'm, I'm leaving the negativity behind. I am too. I'm gonna enjoy four and one because it's been a while since this team has been four and one. I know what you're thinking. They can't be doing what they're doing. But they are. Bob yeah. from Bloomington, you can sit down. Sit down, pal. Look, we got a great show tonight. We're going to talk about Vikings news. And, and kind of in lieu of Vikings news, what we're going to do is kind of a, a one-third of the way through the season review. We were going to do that uh, on our last episode, which we ended up not airing, you know, because the personal stuff. But we're back. We're going to talk about the Vikings and kind of where they stand one-third of the way through the season. We got hashtag nobody cares about fantasy team. Contest that rolls on. Love it. Uh, we got our Love Super it. Toe Challenge, which rolls on. We're back with our preview. We've got Drewster's Millions, and then Ruby has a best of trivia lined up for us tonight. So, wow, that, man, I better pour another drink here. Yeah, that's more loaded than a 50 cal with a what? full <laughs> belt clip, baby. <laughs> Mike TV, I can't have a real gun. Not to your ten, son. <laughs> Before we get going, though, Drew. Yeah. What time is it? Oh, it's been a while, Ted Glover. It has been far too long, my friend. It's been hit a it! while. So let's hit it. I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yeah! Yeah, we're back, baby! We're our Vikings back. report Let's... is back! Let's rock and roll! Let's go. All right. 
So, as we said, the Vikings are 4-1, and one, about a third of the way through the season, not quite almost, sitting first place in the NFC North. What one place, Ted? Huh? What place? First. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Numero uno. Numero uno. Placido. <laughs> Palace. What's his name? Um, Caesar Palace. Yeah, like the salad. Caesar Palace. Caesar um, Palace, number one in the middle of the day, El Vikingos, Reynella! So they're in first place, a game ahead of Green Bay. Hell but yeah. with the win, they've got the tiebreaker, so it's a te- essentially a two-game lead right now. So we're a third of the way. New coach, new GM, new coaching staff. How do you assess the season at this point? Prizes around every corner, but nothing dangerous. I don't think we are what the record says. I'm not. I'm not sure. We've had a lot of things go our way. We've had a, a, a lot of good bounces and a lot of good fortune. But you know what? You make your own good bounces. Yes, you do. And you make your own good fortune. And yes, the team do. the team seems a lot happier, a lot looser. They're playing a lot more together. I called 6-1 and one a month and a half ago by Halloween. You did. I, I, I'm sticking to that. And I'm um, right now, it's, it's carrying through. I mean, they got a ways to get a couple more games before that. Prediction comes correct, but I am happy with how they're playing. Harrison Smith said it best. We're learning and we're winning at the yeah. same time. Usually when you're yeah. learning, you're getting the <laughs> kicked out of you. Hell, police, murder. <laughs> so the fact that uh, Harrison Smith said we're, we're learning and we're winning is a really cool thing. I think the team is really together. I think there's a good unity this year. And Brian Dable, if one for him, O'Connell will be coach of the year right now. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. One of the things you talk about making your own luck, the Vikings have been fortunate with, with injuries for the most part up to this point. None of their frontline guys have, have suffered any real major injuries, and that's good. But the one thing that has kind of been where the injury bug has hit is the rookie draft class. You know, Lewis Seen, we were on there last week, but Lewis Seen had a really bad injury. Oh, poor dude, London, man. And he's out for the year, first-round pick. Really bad injury. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll be back next year, but everything seems like it went well in terms of the surgery. He's back in the United States now. Okay. He stayed, he stayed over in England and had the surgery there. Now he's back to start his rehab. He was just in the facility the other day. Everybody said really uplifted everybody's spirits. Andrew Booth, I'm kind of getting worried about. You know, we talked about after Andrew Booth was drafted that, you know, injury bug was a thing, but he only missed, you know, a few games when he was at Clemson. I think he may have missed more games now in his brief career with the Vikings, or as many, that he missed his entire time in Clemson. He was in week one and hasn't played since. So are, are you getting worried about this guy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I am a little bit, Ted, because that was one of the red flags of the draft. I remember talking about him on the show. I wasn't worried about it. Unless they're just waiting for it to 100% clear up. I don't know. I mean, we watch hockey. We follow hockey. They wait for their guys to get all healthy. If you're 95%, they wait the extra 5%. Well, fortunately, small boys are extremely springy and elastic, so I think we'll put them in my special taffy pulling machine. That should do the trick. We need a push in that cornerback group. We need them to play. Talk about the whole rookie class. I was looking through it today going, you want me to give you – I can't give you a grade, Ted, because it's all incomplete. The, the only guy that's been healthy pretty much the whole time, and he's played every snap on offense when he, since he won the starting job, and training camp is, is rookie guard Ed Ingram. And he's That's played, it! Yeah, he's played very well. Caleb Evans has been hurt. Adamewo has has been inactive, I think, every week. Yeah. Darian Lowe has been active. 
Jalen Naylor got hurt the few times he was in. Ty Chandler broke his thumb. Brian Asamoa. I mean, I don't see anything about him being hurt, but he really hasn't gotten on the field much. I saw Asamoah make one special teams tackle against Detroit on a kickoff, and that was yeah. pretty. That's all I've seen all year. If there's like a glaring weak spot from this team so far, I would argue that's the one that sort of stands out more than anything else. At least Ingram's playing well, and and you know the offensive line is looking very good so far. And a lot of these injuries are just nicks and nags, and got to get Booth back on the field because we need help at corner. Yeah, a Caleb yeah. Evans, he's in concussion protocol. Patrick Peterson's starting to scare me, dude. Yeah. Who else is starting to scare you? Because you got you got Patrick Peterson. Anybody on offense bothering you? I don't know, Ted. I'm still trying to figure out why Bob Dylan was on We Are the World. We are the world. It's true, we make a better day for you and me. It's true, we make a better day, just you and me. <laughs> God, that was a hell of an obscure reference. Well done. All it's right, in my head. Um, All right. Why was Dan Aykroyd on We Are the World? What? I mean, he was a blues brother, but that's it. No way. He was. Look at the look at the video. He was on there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good deal you did right there. It's true. <laughs> you have a brighter day. You and me. Um, so anyway, so who do you who do you got that uh, besides besides Patrick Peterson? Irv Smith's pretty iffy in my book. I don't know yeah. what to expect out of that. He had a pretty good game against the Bears, but he's been shaky up to this point. Bynum, he seems like he's not playing as well as he I've seen him play in the past. He's not. The rookie class hasn't really produced anything besides Ingram, but those are the guys I'm kind of looking. What about you? Who are you concerned with? I'm kind of puzzled with how the Vikings are using Darius Smith and Daniil Hunter. Now, now look, I, I get in, in a 3-4 scheme, your linebackers kind of drop back, and a part of their job as a linebacker in the 3-4 is pass coverage. I, I get it. I, I do. But I, I think the Vikings are, are making, like, tactical mistakes – not rushing Zadarius Smith and, and Daniil Hunter. Uh, Hunter's production is way down. I think he had a sack against the Bears. Z might have as well. They're not putting up, you know, pressures and sacks at a rate that I thought they would. And I'm not sure if that's just them still getting used to a new position or if it's the scheme and what they're being asked to do in that scheme. Right. But it's, it's kind of aggravating to see two premier pass rushers in the NFL, arguably two of top five guys right. that, that are, are not being utilized to their maximum extent possible. I can't argue with that. I think, you know, we knew it was going to be a learning process with this 3-4. The only thing I can really factor into it, and it's not really an excuse, but the Vikings have played in their five games two of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hurts and Fields, they get out of the pocket. There's a lot of those times those guys got out of the pocket. Those have been sacks against stationary quarterbacks. Justin Fields was a magician like three or four different times on Sunday. So the Vikings have what? They have, they have what, 11 sacks or something? You could probably bump that up to 16 if they don't play those two guys. I don't want to use that as an excuse, though, because there's mobile quarterbacks you're going to be playing against, but they're getting home a lot less than I thought they would when I got this season fired up. Yeah. I'm kind of worried about the 3-4 in general, Ted. Are you? Yeah, I am. The run defense has picked up a little bit, but Smith and Hunter are quarterback killers. That's how you got to use them. Yes. You know, and again, I think five games in, you can say there's some definite trends about this team. 
but I think it's also fair to say that they still haven't completely 100% grasped the full defense. Now, is it the calls that Donatello is making or is it the defense as a whole? I, I, I don't know. I think that will play out the farther along in the season we get. They're still not breaking. They're giving up yards, but they're not giving up a lot of points. They're 20th in yards and 22nd passing yards, but they're only 14th in points allowed. So that's, you know, that's, that's something. It's all about the points. And I will say one of the big differences, I think, between this year and last year and the last couple of years is that when the Vikings have absolutely positively needed to get a stop towards the end of the game, they've done it. And the last couple of years, they have. Let's hop over to the offensive side of the ball. You know, we kind of thought the offense was going to be a well-oiled machine by now. Just you know, playing pitch and catch, and it kind of hasn't worked that way, but it, it feels like they they sort of had it together for a good part of the Bears well, game. You know, the, the Vikings are 10th overall in offense, mm-hmm. which isn't terrible, but kind of thought they'd be around five. We knew the offense would be ahead of the defense going into this season, Ted. We talked about that a lot. Yes. We said the defense is learning the 3-4 new defensive coordinator, new players, all that stuff. Offense is pretty much just riding with what we had last year, just making it better with O'Connell, you know, the Cooper Cup and all that stuff we've heard about. Mm -hmm. We're five weeks in and we haven't hit 30 yet. So I don't know whether they're still ironing out the offensive woes. I mean, that first drive against the Bears was absolutely fantastic. First three drives, I thought they scored three straight times. Yes, yes, and it was a big pickup from that Saints game in London. We were kicking all those field goals and couldn't score in the red zone or whatever. I'm kind of concerned about the offensive line. Look at the offensive line in the first quarter and compare the offensive line to the third quarter. As the game wore on, the offensive line was getting weaker. I think the Bears went in and made some adjustments. It felt like they were moving their defensive linemen around more, and it was it was kind of throwing the Vikings off. I mean, the Vikings probably went in, I maybe, I don't know, and made minimal adjustments. And I mean, hey, look, everything's working great. Let's just see what the Bears do. We'll come out and counter that once we figure out what they're going to try and do. It was slow to catch up. But when they did catch up, they went on that 17-play, seven-minute drive to, to seal but, the game. Yeah, right. And the good thing is they played sluggish as hell in London, and they still put up 28. Now, yes. if you're playing sluggish and putting up 28, that means when you're clicking, you're, put, you're in the 40s. I mean, the Vikings are 21st in rushing offense and 7th in pass offense. Mm-hmm. That's a difference. Zimmer was flipped the other way. It would have been. Yep, sure would have been. I'm still not worried about it with all that experience over there with Cousins and Thielen. They're not going to tank. And I would argue, even though they're 21st in, in yards, they're still running the ball effectively. When they do run the ball, they're on schedule, as like everybody likes to say, or they're getting into manageable down and distance where it's second and four. It's not second and 13 or third and nine. Or they're, they're getting to the point where they can use their whole playbook. That kind of keeps defenses guessing more. Than, than they normally would, which, and that's a good thing. I think that's a very good thing. You know, we've complained in the past with the Zimmer teams by saying, oh my God, why are you running it so much? And mm-hmm. then last Sunday, I'm watching it. Some of that zone stuff to the outside, Cook was running, nobody was touching him. Yeah. And I'm he, thinking, he, yeah. so I'm thinking, for once, I'm thinking, maybe we should stick to the run a little bit more here. <laughs> he was running through some gaping holes out there, and I'm thinking, just keep doing that till I stop it. That, that's so, what she said. I'm not. <laughs> Like like the everlasting gobstopper, Dad. You remember that? Did you say everlasting gobstopper? You can suck him and suck him and suck him, and they'll never get any smaller. It's probably the best idea anybody has ever had. <laughs> yeah. Lap-de-doo. No, congratulations. You can lick it and lick it and lick it. It never gets any smaller. How about that? What are your thoughts?
thoughts on Kirk Cousins through five games? He had that game in Philly and everybody, oh, back to the same old. He's not the same old Kirk. I don't think so. Here's what bugs me about the Kirk Cousins argument. I think no matter what your opinion of Kirk is, that cake has been baked. There, there aren't a lot of people that are changing their opinion of Kirk. The people that don't like Kirk were saying, you know what? The guy puts up a whole bunch of numbers, but the Vikings don't win. Right. That's what I've been hearing the last five years. And, and I, I was that guy in 2018, 2019, 2020, even through part of last year. But then the Kirk supporters have said, you know, stats don't matter because he hasn't had a good offensive line. The defense has been terrible and it's let him down. If he gets a good supporting cast, he's going to win. And that's all that really matters. Okay. And, and now that that is starting to happen, look, he's got a good offensive line. Christian Derrissaw is a top 10 tackle. Garrett Bradbury is, is like, good. I mean, the Vikings' offensive line, we are in a point that we haven't seen in a long time with this offensive line, and they're good. Now, Kirk's stats are down. His interceptions are up a little bit. His completion percentage is down a little bit. His yards at this point in time between now and last year is down a little bit. But the Vikings are 4-1. and one. Yet the Kirk detractors are still saying he's not good enough oh. because they should be 1-4. and four. For some moments in life, there are no words. I'm sorry. You can't have it both ways. You can't move the goalpost on Kirk. Keep your argument intellectually honest. I have, and I've come around on Kirk. And I look, I said the most important thing is that he wins, is that the Vikings win, and they're starting to. And I am here for it. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. So, Vikes 4-1, and one, about not quite the halfway point through the season. Got some big games coming up. And uh, we're going to talk about them. But for right now, though, what do we got going? You know what time it is. <laughs> time for Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team. <laughs> Rules for hashtag Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team are pretty simple. Drew, Ruby, and I each week are going to pick one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and one tight end. Once we pick them, they're done for the year. We can only pick those players one single time. We will not be allowed to pick any of the Thursday night game players at all. And we're using our standard PPR scoring format. So you look at our fantasy teams and you tell us in the comments below or on our website, vikingsreport.com. Ruby will have a section on the website each week for our fantasy team segment and you can put your entry there. If you win... You get two pretty cool prizes. Drewster, what are those two cool prizes? A vintage, vintage John Randall jersey and a Vikings plaque. Two really cool prizes. So again, look at our fantasy teams and the comments below on this show. Put in who you think, Team Toonces, Team Ted, Team Drew, either here or go over to vikingsreport.com. You put your entries in there. Who won again? I think you won by just a couple points, didn't you? Oompa loompa doopity No, it's not over yet. Oh, she has Devontae Adams tonight. Oh, that's right. That's oompa right. Oompa loompa doopity do. If you hold the ball loose, Gensler will steal it from you. <laughs> <laughs> oompa loompa doopity dee. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy segment, which is quickly becoming my least favorite game because I haven't won jack damn it this year. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> How 
However, you're like a Gustus Gloop stuck in that tube. Remember who's stuck in the tube? The suspense is terrible. He, he's gonna go this time. I hope it'll last. <laughs> And Grandpa Joe says, hey, Charlie, you're going to ask how a bullet comes out of a gun? <laughs> All right. Our other contest is our Super Toe Challenge. This is separate from our hashtag nobody cares much fantasy team segment. Just pick a kicker. The one you think is going to score the most points between the kicker, Ruby, Drew, and I pick. And you get that many points. And the person that has the most points at the end of the season wins. And you get points whether you finish first, second, or third. If my kicker gets 20 points, Drew's get 15, and Ruby's get 10, you get that amount of points every week. Some weeks you'll be in third, some weeks you'll win, but whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins the Super Toe Challenge Contest. And we got a couple of cool prizes for the Super Toe Challenge Contest as well, Drew. What are they? We got a set of vintage Fred Cox football cards. Freddie's the greatest kicker we ever had. And the leather Vikings football so for this, it's again, pretty simple. In the comments below, just pick a kicker between the one Drew, Ruby, and I pick or on our vikingsreport.com website, you'll have a section there for the Super Toe Challenge entries every week. And if you have the most points at the end of the season, you're our Super Toe Challenge winner. Now, now! I've got another kicker for you. <laughs> if you are wise, you'll kick off a tee. What do you get when you're comfortably numb? <laughs> Two Vikings report hosts that are actually We're dumb. dumb. <laughs> We're so dumb. All right. <laughs> That's the standings. Ruby, why don't you go first and pick your kicker? And then I'll go and then Drew, you go. How's okay. that sound? All right, Ruby, go ahead and pick your kicker for this week. Uh, this week, I'll take Tyler Bass. Tyler C. Bass. Okay, let's see. <laughs> I am going to take Brandon McManus of the Denver Broncos. I am taking Evan McPherson from the Bengals. All right. Again, just like the, the, the fantasy football contest, you can either put your kicker entry for the Super Toe Challenge down in the comments below, or again, go over to vikingsreport.com, put your kicker entry in there. Check out the standings, who's in first place, and we'll go from there. All right. So that's it for our two contests. Uh-huh. Okay. Is that who I think it is? Our guy, Robert W. Farnsworth, is on scene down in South Beach. Hang on, and we'll, we'll take it to Robert Farnsworth live here in just a minute. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, our first place purple and gold warriors take the silver media down to the cocaine playground of South Beach to face Matt McDaniel. Tua Taglia, Tua, Tua, the guy whose name I can't pronounce. Possibly Teddy Bridgewater and those dastardly Miami Dolphins. Will the Minnesota Vikings avenge Super Bowl VIII or will they leave South Florida with sand in their jockstraps? We'll find out. All right, so thanks, Robert. Uh, like thanks, you said, Robert. the first place Vikings at four and one head to Miami take on the Miami Dolphins. Started out three and zero, they're now three and two. Got some injury issues. We're going to talk about Drew. The first big test for the Vikings. I know the Eagles were good, but this is a big test for the Vikings down in Miami. You know, I'm not so sure based on 
what's going on with the Dolphins. Week two against Philly, I don't think anybody really knew just how good either the Vikings or the Eagles were. Right. I'm still going with the Eagles as the bigger test. The reason it's a big test is Miami is so much of a different team at home than they are on the road. Well, yeah, that's true. They're a lot better at home. They beat the Bills, Ted. They did. But... They held the Bills to 19 points, Ted. We'll talk about that, though. So, Let's get into it. Let's break yeah. this baby down, baby. So, break it down. Like what Drew and I always like to do is we like to pull up our big board as a tribute to the old NFL Today pregame show. We're going to go down each category, talk about it, and just kind of give you a our opinion on who we think is the is the better team in that category. <laughs> Cocaine playground. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll start off yeah with quarterback. I want to read you a, a tweet I saw today. Let's hear it. His name is Josh Moser. He's from WSVN Channel 7 okay. down in Miami. So he said from Mike McDaniel, he said it's too soon to assess starting quarterback for Sunday versus the Vikings. Skylar Thompson will practice as QB1 on Wednesday. Obviously, we are recording before Wednesday. McDaniel will then assess to see where Teddy Bridgewater is at because Teddy Bridgewater is also in the concussion protocol with Tua Tagovailoa. Per protocol, the earliest that Teddy Bridgewater could practice would be Thursday. He made absolutely no mention of Tua at all. So I would think, based on that horrible, horrible-looking hit Tua took, I would be shocked if Tua plays. And I, I would hope he doesn't, not because I'm a Vikings fan, but because I hope for the long-term health of Tua. They're taking concussions seriously. Back in the day, you know, a guy could get his bell rung three, four times a game and nobody cared. They're they're taking that. After that pretty sack, they might be taking it a little too seriously. Well, yeah, don't even get me started on that. But, but yeah. So it, it seems like the quarterback will come down to Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson. With the Tua thing, how do we do the check mark? Without Tua, Kirk Cousins gets the check mark all the way. Let's do both. Let's on the off chance say Tua plays. Who you got? Tua or Cousins? I'm still going to give it to Cousins. I well, think then why Cousins. do we even care? <laughs> <laughs> I think Cousins is going to stay in a groove. I know the inconsistency has been a big problem with him. I think that part of him is, is slowly dissipating, if that's the right word to use. I think he's going to stay in the groove and do really well in this game. Like I said, I don't know what's going on with Miami, but I'm giving the check mark to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Okay. If it's Kirk versus Skylar Thompson, I'm going to be honest with you, Drew. I'm a little bit more scared of, of Skylar White than I am of, of Skylar Thompson. <laughs> Skylar White from old Breaking Bad days. I know. I know that name. She she became she became quite the, the super villain. Anyways. You know, I did a draft right up on that guy. He's a he's a really good college quarterback, Skylar Thompson. I'm going with the assumption it's gonna either be Teddy or or Skylar Thompson. I'm not gonna bag on Teddy. I'm not gonna talk about what could have been, but he just hasn't been all that great since he left Minnesota. So he's just an average quarterback. He, he's just he's a good backup, is what he's become. So I'm going I'm going with Kirk. Running game. What do you got for the running game, Drew? You know, the Dolphins struggle with the run, Ted. They do. They are Very 30th yeah. in the league with only 82 yards a game. Yeah. And I think that's mainly because they don't really have a bona fide elite back like we do with Cook. I mean, right. they got they got Mostert and uh, Chase Edmonds. Mm -hmm. They're not slouches. They're good NFL running backs, but they're nowhere on the top tier as Dalvin Cook. They're not. And I think they do it by committee and 82 yards a game. That being said, they'll probably rush for 400 now because they're playing the Vikings. But, uh, <laughs> I like the group the Vikings have. It right. I think Madison's a really good backup. Mm -hmm. I have to give them the check mark just because the Dolphins are really struggling with the running game. And the Vikings defense is getting better against the run. So I'm going to give the Vikings the check mark. Yeah, I am too. I, I mean, there's a reason the Dolphins are 30th in the NFL with running the ball. We'll get to that when we get to the O-line. 
and the Vikings are pretty good running the ball. Dalvin Cook's a good running back. I think he was really starting to get into a, a groove on Sunday against the Bears. You can just sort of see his production going up. Alexander Madison has been good when he's been in. Yeah, yeah. Receiving game. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are a better one-two punch than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thiel. Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver on the field. But you put the combination of Hill and Jalen Waddle together, I think that's better than Vikings with J.J. Thielen and K.J. Osborne. That said, Tyreek Hill, you know, they got blown out by the Jets on Sunday, and Tyreek Hill was in a walking boot after the game. So that could affect the Dolphins. But I'm going to assume Hill plays. I'm going to give the receiving check to the Dolphins here. You know what? I'm going to throw the challenge flag at you on that one. Oh, are you? I think, well, this game, being that the two pass defenses are so weak, the Vikings Mm -hmm. are 22nd. And the mm-hmm. Dolphins are 28th yeah. pass defense. The Dolphins are not good in pass defense. This could be a track meet. This is going to be really fun to watch. And I think that's where the game's going to be decided. I'll go over that later in the summary, what I have, the secondaries. But I understand what you're saying about their one-two punch against our one-two punch with Jefferson and Thielen. But I took it one step further. We have Osborne. They don't have a third receiver that compares to Osborne. Okay. Who's their third wide receiver? Greg Camarillo? They don't have a tendon. Camarillo. Matt Moore? Who's in there? Mark I'm Clayton a- ain't walking through that door. And I think tight end-wise, I don't know, Giusecki's on the second team now. I don't know what happened to him, but they have another guy in there. I have to give the Vikings a check mark here, Dad. Okay, that's fair. Offensive line. What do you got for the O-line, buddy? Woo! The Jets completely were destroying the Miami offensive line. Mm-hmm. The Jets humiliated them, embarrassed them, and owned them. And usually if that happens on Sunday, that's what you're working on during the week because you don't want that to be another problem next week. And unfortunately, the Jets did that to Miami, and then we're we're coming in. So they're going to be hunkering down on the O-line to try to get a much better presentation than what they had last week against the Jets. And unfortunately, it's going to be against us. So that has to factor into it. That might be more of an intangible. Will left tackle Armstead with the toe injury? Will he be able to go? If not, Advantage Hunter over there on the left side. I still think Little, Eichenberg, Connor Williams, I think they have a to a man. They're probably a little bit better on the O-line, so I give the Dolphins a check mark for that. I'm going to give it to the Vikings. I, I really didn't know a little whole lot about the, the Dolphins O-line. I went looking at PFF to look at some numbers. Liam Eichenberg's current PFF rating is 34.7. Greg Little's is 34.2. Is that good? Um, that's terrible. That. Yeah, that's terrible. All right, I'm going to go um, check mark Vikings. Taron, Taron Armistead's, he's pretty good offensive lineman. Robert Hunt's pretty good. Connor Williams is pretty good. I, I think overall, though, you said Armstead's hurt. I think that toe injury could be a factor for him. And you look at how well the Vikings offensive line has been playing. It, it's hard not to go for the Vikings. Well, it, I'm picking the Vikings. They did, but the second half of the Bears, they weren't good at all. They weren't great for parts in that third quarter. But Kirk had plenty of time to throw. I, I thought the Bears were dialing up a little bit more pressure. Both offensive lines have given up less than 10 sacks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they're real even on that part. So, well, you know, I can understand the Vikings. You give them the Vikings a check mark. I'm going to give mine to the Dolphins. All right. Defensive line, you know, Christian Wilkins is is kind of oh. an anchor that he's a good player. Dude, he is. Yes. He's like a really good player. Raekwon Davis, Emmanuel Oak, they play a 3-4 similar to the Vikings. You know, Dalvin Thomas has been pretty good. Christian Ballard has been okay, not great. Harrison Phillips has been, has been actually pretty decent. You know, when you have Thomason and Phillips in at the same time. Right. The Vikings defense is their run defense is fairly stout. Teams don't run a whole lot when those guys are in, but when they're not in, you know, Lynch, those guys just are not doing it for me, man. Blacklock I had missed a sack. 
against the Bears. I'm really torn on this one. I'm going to give the slight advantage to the to the Dolphins, and it's mostly because because of Wilkins. I think that guy can completely disrupt whatever the hell it is you're trying to do on offense. He's the most disruptive guy on either side in terms of down linemen that play for the Vikings or the Dolphins. Wilkins is a superstar. I am going to give the Vikings a check mark, and, and here's the reason why. I think the Vikings defensive line is doing a lot better against the run. The Bears only managed 78 yards on the ground for an average of 3.3 per carry, which is a step up from week one when Aaron Jones and Dylan ran for six yards a carry. Yeah. They're getting a lot better against the run, the Vikings are. Tomlinson's playing well. Wanham is playing well. And let's face it, Harrison Phillips, that's his best game as a Viking. Probably, yeah. Six tackles, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit. I think the defensive line is starting to gel. I am going to give the check mark to the Vikings because if that interior of the defense starts playing well with the capabilities of Hunter on the outside with Zedarius, it's, uh, they're going to own Miami up front, I think. Okay. Linebackers. What do you have for linebackers? Jerome Baker, Landon Roberts are two very solid, solid tacklers, Ted. Those two guys have accounted for 57 total tackles for Miami. But you know what? EK-54 and Hicks, they're just as solid as tacklers. I think when you factor in Hunter and Zadarius Smith, if you look at their four against our four, I'm giving the check mark to the Vikings. We just have a more active and athletic group at linebacker. Couldn't have said any better. I agree. I'm going to give my check mark to the Vikings as well. And I, and I hope Ed Donatel will dial up some more pressure on, on either Teddy or, or Skylar Thompson, whoever the quarterback is. For secondary. Oh. You know. Both teams. Neither secondary is very good. No. To be quite honest. Xavier <laughs> um, Howard is probably the name most fans will recognize the most on the Dolphins. He's not having a great year. Nick Needham, Brandon Jones, and, and Javon Holland are your, your other starters at the secondary. Dolphins, I mean, they got shredded by everybody. They, they, they're, just, they're just getting shredded. Except the Bills. For some reason, yeah, they play except the Bills. The Bills. Yeah. I'm going to give the edge here to the Vikings by just a little bit. It's not, you know, irresistible force, immovable object here. It's, right. It's just but, two eh, okay units. The Vikings are 22nd in pass defense, and Miami's 28th. Now, Howard, he didn't play last week against the Jets, and he's questionable against the Vikings this week. Okay. If he doesn't play, I'd give my check mark to the Vikings. Dude, with Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill running through these struggling secondaries, this could be a crazy-ass game. I'm giving my check mark to the Dolphins because when I look at the safeties, I think Brandon Jones and Holland are a better safety pair just by a nudge over Harrison Smith and Bynum. Brandon Jones, he's always up there in statistics every week for tackling, passes defense. He's a really active player. It's hard to give a check mark. You know, they, they're both bad, dude. The secondaries are terrible. So I'm going to give mine to the Dolphins just because of the safety position. When you look at the red zone, statistically, you'd think the Dolphins should be the team you would pick. The Vikings offensively are 16th in red zone percentage. On defense, they're 29th. Miami is 6th in offense and 27th in defense. But the Dolphins don't have Tua playing. Right. So now, so now you're looking at, at Teddy or even maybe even Skylar Thompson. If it's Teddy or Skylar Thompson, I'm going to take the Vikings in the red zone because I trust Kirk Cousins to get the ball to his receivers more than I trust whoever the Miami quarterback is going to be if it's not Tua. And I trust Dalvin Cook to get those tough yards inside the five more than I do a guy like Raheem Moster. Very, I'm going to give this to the Vikings. Very well said. I'm in agreement with you there, Ted. I'm giving my check mark to the Vikings. The Jets were five of six in the red zone last week against the Dolphins, and that includes five touchdowns in the red zone. And I don't think they're going to fix that in a week. No. Keep your eye on Irv Smith this week for maybe picking up one, maybe two touchdowns. Okay. 
because the Dolphins are weak on tight end coverage down by the in the red zone, especially around the 10, 8-yard line. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the red zone goes to the Vikings. Special teams, who you got? Joseph is a better kicker than Jason Sanders. He's got a stronger leg. Punting is probably a push between Wright and Morstead. And Wang Chung Wang Wu is a better returner than everybody that's involved in this game on both sides of the ball, both teams. So my check mark goes to the Vikings. Their special teams is playing amongst the best in football right now. Yeah, bad game against the Bears aside. The Vikings special yeah. teams has been a complete 180. That said, that's been an anomaly. It hasn't been right. It hasn't been the norm for the Vikings special teams. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as the special teams mulligan for the year, and they're gonna get back on track against Miami. I'm gonna give the Vikings the check mark on that as well. Coaching two rookie coaches, Mike McDaniel versus Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell's four and one. McDaniel's three and two. You know, McDaniel's a smart dude. You ever hear him talk and and discuss? concepts and i mean the guy's a level of smart not a lot of people get but i also saw him talking about that tua dude he sounded lost when he was talking about Tua. he's stumbling and stuttering i'm watching it going what the hell's wrong with this guy i don't know if he was nervous or whatever but i think he was trying to cover his tracks because i think everybody knew that first concussion he had i think it was against buffalo it wasn't a bad back that that caused him to stumble and fall back down on the ground. I'm sorry it wasn't. I, I've got a bad back, and sometimes I stand up and I can't see straight. It hurts so bad. But I don't stumble around and, oh, none of that crap to do with it. I'm sorry. I just don't. It's the beer count that makes you stumble, not your back. <laughs> I'm going to give this to O'Connell, man. I Say what you want about the Vikings and their, their up and down inconsistency, and that's fair criticism. But when the rubber meets the road, the Vikings absolutely need to play and get a score and, and get the win. They do it. And being prepared and in position to win and then executing what it is you need to do to win. Yes, you got to have players, but to be in position to win, that comes down a lot of times to coaching and coaching decisions that are made in game. I like Kevin O'Connell. I'm giving the check mark to, to KOC. I'm going to be in agreement with you on that. I think both. Coaches prepare really well. I think they, mm-hmm. they, they want it because they're rookies. They want, you know, you know that hunger with a rookie guy like Zimmer when he was a rookie. A lot of hunger there. So I think both guys prepare really well. McDaniel looks like the bookworm serial killer from an NCIS episode. <laughs> Look at him, Ted. He is the bookworm serial killer that the whole show you thought would never be the serial killer, and it's him. That guy's okay. a serial killer. Okay. So I'm going with O'Connell. He gets my big check mark. All right. And then finally, our, our last category and my favorite one, intangibles. I think the Vikings sort of have the intangibles here. Dolphins are at home and the Vikings really historically don't play well on the road. They don't play well outside. They don't play well on grass. That's fine with Miami, but they're hurt. They don't have Tua. There's a good chance they won't have Teddy. I mean, if you got Skylar Thompson practicing with the first team, even if Teddy does play, he'll have less reps than a guy normally would during the week. Plus, Teddy's not going to burn you down the field. He's not. He's about as accurate as a stormtrooper throwing deep. Um, I, I just, you know, normally this feels very much like a game that the Vikings would lose. They got, they're on the road. They got a backup quarterback they're facing. And, right. and it just kind of, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. There's something different about this team. They dig down deep and figure it out and, and come out with a win. And I think that a lot, a lot of that has to do with Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings and the way they prepare this year. So I'm going to give those intangibles to the Vikings. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I really didn't know how to give the check mark on the intangibles for this game because I think it's all kind of going to come down to the secondary. But I think Miami plays a lot different at home than they do on the road. The Dolphins allow 26 points a game on average, Ted. But if you look at their home games, they gave up seven to New England, 
and 19 to Buffalo. They've played two home games so far. That's 26 total between yeah. both those games. So it's a lot different than what they do on the road. And they figured out how to beat the Bills. If you can beat the Bills, you can beat anybody. So I kind of gave them the home field and tangible on that. That made me lean towards giving them the check mark. But everything that you just said makes me uh, second guess my choice because I think Miami has a lot more distractions going on right now. They're probably going to be a little bit more tightly wound than the Vikings are going in there. So I think so too. I don't know how to give the check mark. I'm just going to give it to the Dolphins, I guess. Okay. All right. That does it for our big board. I'll do the Collinsworth slide back to the center of the screen. Yeah. Give me a breakdown for this game. How are you feeling, Ted? You know, I was kind of hitting at it earlier. This feels traditionally like a game that Vikings would would gack. You know, right, they're, right. they're on the road, outside, on grass, all that stuff. It's not a nationally televised game. It's a noon game. The Dolphins are really beat up. I'm going to get with the right Reverend Jones here for a quick minute. I like the Vikings special teams. I think that's going to be the difference. And the, the Vikings, I think, win a, win a very close game. Wouldn't surprise me at all if it went to overtime. Just because of the Vikings struggle. Dolphins are better at home. But it, it's going to be a close game. And I, I, I think the Vikings are going to figure out a way. I, too, am going to choose the Vikings in this game, Ted, because mainly because I have my six and one prediction by Halloween. <laughs> Both of these teams, when you, when you break them down and get the numbers in front of you and start looking at rosters and stats and past games and everything the vikings and the dolphins are very similar they're, they're mm-hmm. very similar teams with strengths and weaknesses i think it'll be a very close game would not surprise me ot this will be the game we talk about sunday on our vikings report rewind show with chris gates as the crucial handful of plays really will come into effect in this game yep more than usual i mean they come into effect every game who's going to make a few more plays than the other team but this is a game about secondaries. These secondary struggle. Which one's going to make the bonehead play? I mean, you got struggling secondaries against two wide receiver cores that are awesome. Mm-hmm. Which secondary is going to step up, get it done, and which secondary is going to just fall apart? And if Skylar Thompson plays, it gives the Vikings secondary a big advantage. Because, yep. But they're similar teams. It's going to be a close game. But I think the Vikings, like you said earlier, it's a different team, Ted. I think they are. Yeah. They're figuring out how to win these closer games. All right, so that does it. We both got the Vikings winning a close one. We'll take a break. We'll come back for Drewster's Millions and then Best of Trivia. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I had to be a big shot. I had to get a job in a Tootsie Roll factory. Are you happy now, big shot? I work eight hours a day at my job and another eight hours trying to get home from it. Trying to get by all the kids in the neighborhood who think that just because I make Tootsie Rolls and Tootsie Pops for a living, I'm a walking Tootsie Roll. I can't even get any home to my own kids. Like Tuesday. How I got home on Tuesday, working my way through the sewers. Wednesday, I mailed myself home. And Thursday, Thursday, I don't even want to think about. Well, I guess they're gone now. All for the love of a Tootsie Roll. All right, we are back. We got Drewster's Millions. I'm doing okay, I think. You won, so you won $5 last week, Ted. I'm getting there. 265 is what you got in your kitty. And if you get to 1000 you get an everlasting gobstopper. I got some ground to make up, but I'm No, doing you're doing okay. all right. You're okay. 
Ruby, if you would go ahead and put up the games that Drew has laid out for me this week, you got the Bills at Chiefs over under 53 and a half. I'm going to hammer the over on that one, and I'm going 50 bucks on that one. Nice. You've got the Pats and the Browns over under a 42 and a half. I'm going to go under, and I'm going to go 20 bucks on that one. Okay. So I'm going to take the Giants at the points and throw 10 bucks down on that one. Cowboys and Eagles. Eagles are minus five. I'm going to take the Eagles to win that game by five or more. And I'm going to go 20 bucks on I'm going to go 25 bucks on that because I hate the Cowboys. Nice, dude. I like that bet. I like that bet. Bengals at Saints are a pick em. I'm going to pass on that game. My prop bet, my, 20, my free $25 prop bet is Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson having 214.5 receiving yards. That's the over-under combined. Right. I'm going to hit the under on that one, I think. I think JJ's going to get his, but I think Tyreek, I don't even know if Tyreek Hill's going to play. Okay, cool. So 50, 75, 95, 105, $130 in bets. All right. So that's it for Drewster's Millions. We're going to take you now. We got a best of trivia coming up. Ruby's got set up for you. Let's go ahead and, and roll that right now. Another great show. Good to get back in studio and talking football with you guys. Ruby, thanks for everything you do. Thanks for everybody that's that's liked, subscribed, and, and all that good stuff. I mean, I just can't believe how, how well the show's doing. Couldn't be happier. Drew, thank you for being the funniest co-host in the in, in the business. I'm just having a blast, and we will uh we will see you Sunday for Vikings Report Rewind right after the Dolphins game. Drew, take us home. Thank you again, everybody, for the well wishes the last two weeks. Ted, thank you for all the understanding for the show. And, man, we have a chance to be 5-1 and one this weekend with the Dolphins. Let's get the win. Everybody's going to enjoy their Viking game on Sunday. We'll try to do better the next time. We always try to do better. Do we? Do we? Do we really? do <laughs> I've got enough. <laughs> Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Mr. Walker. Dawson. Dwight is now gone, which is totally awesome. Why was he gone? He was such a nice guy. No, he was not. He was a total douche. Doopity 